It's time for the Secret Refuge Podcast with Shane Pittman. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for listening to the Secret Refuge Podcast. I am your host, Shane Pittman, and if you're hearing birds or anything like that or any outside elements, it's because I am outside. It's an awesome day. It's a beautiful day, and I just thought I'd be outside and record this podcast for you, the very first podcast episode, and I just want to thank you for joining me on this journey. God is really doing something. He's doing something that I can't even explain. He's transformed me in in such a short amount of time that it just blows my mind, and I never thought that things would happen like they have been happening, but it's happening and I'm thankful that God is doing what he's doing. But before I get into this episode and talking about the secret place of God, the secret refuge of God, I wanted to talk a little bit about how I got linked up with a history with God Ministries and with the Hoosier Daddy Godcast Network, which is a great network, by the way. If you guys have not listened to the other podcasts, which there's a podcast every day of the week, every day of the week, guys, there's something for you or for your family every day of the week. You cannot beat it. There's podcasts for women. There's podcasts for children, for men. Anything that you can imagine is there Monday through Sunday. So you guys check out the Hoosier Daddy Godcast Network. Check out a historywithgod.org and see what God is doing because he's doing something. And he's going to shake this nation. He's going to shake his people. And he's going to bring them back to him. And that's the most exciting part. But before I get into the episode, how I got linked up with the History with God Ministries with Frank and Christina Sasso. Have you guys ever heard of Fiverr.com? F-I-V-E-R-R.com? Well, if you haven't, it's a really cool website. It's a website that is dedicated to freelancers for people that want to offer their services, their writing services, video editing services, voiceover work, celebrity impressions, anything like that for people like me that don't really know much of what they're doing with, with some things. So that's how I first was introduced to Frank Sasso. He was on this website. And I had a podcast a couple of years ago trying to get it off the ground. I needed some voiceover work, needed some things done. And I met Frank there. And if you've never heard Frank do any celebrity impressions or anything like that, you are missing out because the guy is good and he's hilarious. (laughs) And you guys know Frank already, and he's a character in and of itself. But him imitating other characters is just hilarious. So I got linked up with him, and it began as a business partnership. He started helping me with my website, with my podcast, and he did what he did best. And he did a good job, and I wanted to keep him as a business partner. Well, over time, the light of God started shining through with him. I didn't know at the time, when I was first introduced to him, that he was a Christian. I had no idea. I had no idea that he had a history with God Ministries, that he was doing all of these things, that he had a podcast. I had no idea. All I knew was he was good at what he did. But over time, he started ministering to me. He started saying, giving me words, words of encouragement, words that he thought that God was saying to me. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was very skeptical and I scoffed at a lot of things he said. And the reason why I did is because I had grown bitter towards God. I had questioned many things as far as with Christianity goes, because guess what? Just like I'm sure a lot of you have encountered before, I dealt with a lot of people 
and had encounters with a lot of people that said they were Christians but treated me like I was a piece of garbage. And it gave the wrong impression to me of how a Christian should be, how somebody that said that they had a relationship with God, how they should act. So I was very bitter, and I had some other things happen in my life that just made me angry towards God. Well, God, if you're all-powerful and all-knowing, then how could you allow this to happen? You should have never allowed this to happen. If you were real, this bad thing that happened to me never would have been. That's how my thought process was. Anyway, you know how I met Frank. I gave you a little rundown. Now I'm going to give you a little rundown of my background and how I got to the point of questioning and then how I got to where I am now and where God has been transforming me and doing a work, a miraculous work. Let's go from the beginning really quick. And I'm going to do this quickly so I can jump right into the episode and all of that good stuff. When I was six years old, I had a dream or a vision. It was very vivid. I had a dream that I was riding in the car with my dad, and I looked out the window, and when I did, I looked up in the clouds, and I saw a shape of a face. It was a man's face, and I just knew deep down that it was the face of Jesus. Well, as soon as I saw this face, I heard a loud trumpet. It was extremely loud, and as soon as that trumpet sound ended, me and my dad were transported to a beach. And the sun was setting, and it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And we were looking out at the sunset. It was just beautiful. I I can't even explain it. So I look over to my right, and I see a line of white horses. And they are huge. And I guess because I was six years old, you know, they could have been (laughs) ponies for all I know. But they were horses that were huge. And they were white. And they had medallions on each one of their necks and they had these little gold medallions on it and they had there was writing on it but I don't know what the writing said and they were lined up in perfect formation they were beautiful and so I look over to my dad and I said dad where's mom and Holly Holly's my sister so where are they and as soon as I asked that question they appear on the beach and we are all smiling we're all happy and then I wake up So I get up and I run to my mom and I say, Mom, I had this dream. This is what happened. Well, she said, Shane, you you were revealed something. You were shown when God is ready for us whenever he comes back. That's kind of what will happen. And then she led me to Christ that night. So fast forward to my teenage years. My teenage years, of course, teenage years are hard. But at that point, I was wanting to hear the voice of God. I was desperate. I would soak up the word, the Bible, as much as possible, be reading it, would feel that God was revealing things to me and were showing me things. And all I wanted was God. I wanted to hear from him. I wanted to see visions. I wanted to dream dreams. I wanted to hear him. That's all that mattered to me at that point, honestly. And then life happened. I had some traumatic things happen to me that I won't go into on this episode, that made me question everything, made me question my faith, made me question that if God was even real at all, and I turned away from God completely. I was angry. I was hurt. And instead of allowing him to heal me, I walked away. As I got into my adult years, I I straight off did my own thing, did the partying thing, all of that. In my 20s, I started researching 
things like 10 reasons why there is not a God, (laughs) 10 reasons why the Bible is not true, things like that, just totally immersing myself in atheistic principles and, and ideas. I was knocking on the door of atheism, guys. I really was. I remember I was talking to Frank one day, and I said, Frank, if I hear one word from God, just one, I will stop everything and follow him. I will preach the word. I will tell everybody I know about him. If I only hear, Shane, I'm real, and I never heard anything else in my life ever again, I would drop everything. Well, God answered that, and he answered it in a miraculous way. Something I can't explain, guys. <laughs> it, it still blows my mind to this day. But June 5th, June 5th, it, it, it hasn't been that long, guys. It's, this transformation has taken place very quickly. But on June 5th, God gave me a word. I was driving in the car for work, and it was so strong, I didn't hear it audibly, but I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was not me. Because remember, I'm still, to this day, a very skeptical person. I question everything, especially when it has to do with anything to do with God or religion, okay? But I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was not me and that this came from God. And I'm going to let you know what this is really quickly, and uh, hopefully it encourages you. But the word was shame. I was amongst them, and they didn't know me. How awkward would it be to live in a stranger's house that you don't know? This is why you are here, to seek me, to search for me, and to find me. I will be found by you. Guys, that blew my mind. Because for the longest time, I asked God, God, if you're real, why am I here? Why are any of us here? Why do we all get here? And there's a lot of death. There's a lot of sickness. Why are we here? And he revealed it to me, guys. And I think he wants to reveal it to you too. He said, how awkward would it be to live in a stranger's house that you don't know? I've heard so many people, and I've even asked this question, well, if God's real, why can't we just all automatically be in heaven and bypass all of this pain and all of this heartache? Why do we have to be here on earth and go through all of this before we get to heaven? Well, the reason why is because he wants us to search for him and he wants us to find him, which means he wants us to have a relationship. It would be really weird to be in heaven and not even know who our creator is, not even know who our father is. Wouldn't that be awkward if you had a biological father that you didn't know? And let's say that you're in your 30s and all of a sudden you show up at his house, you find his address and you just say, hey, dad, I'm moving in. You don't even know him. How awkward would that be? It would be extremely awkward. So the whole reason why we're here, our purpose here on this earth is to know God, to seek him, to find him, and then to tell others about him so that they can do the same thing. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, he said, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, you seek me, you will find me if you search for me with all of your heart. And then in verse 14, he says, I will be found by you. So that leads me into what I want to talk about with you guys. And it's about the secret place of God. In Psalm 91, that's one of my favorite verses, even when I was a teenager, and now I've had a new revelation of it. Let me read it just really quickly. Psalm 91, starting at verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, 
He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Why? Because you're in the secret place of God. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Awesome, awesome scripture. If you haven't read that, I just read it to you now, but if you haven't, just go back to Psalm 91 and check it out. It's an awesome scripture. But the secret place of God, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Hebrew word used for secret place in Psalm 91 verse 1 is sitar. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And as I've been doing research, I came across some powerful cross-references on the internet that I found really, really interesting. So let's just examine this word sitar. Not from a scientific standpoint, but, you know, from a different standpoint. Let me read something that I read on this internet. It was kind of a devotional, and I think it's really cool. It's talking about the word sitar in in the secret place. It says, Now it is true that the word sitar means shelter or secret place. It could also be rendered or to mean secret things. So he who dwells in the secret things and the secret knowledge of God will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Okay. Again, the questions that come to mind are, what or where is the shelter or secret place of God? What are the secret things of God? How do we acquire the secret things of God? The word sitar itself may provide a clue. Now, like I said, I'm reading this from what I found on on the internet and with the research that I've done, okay? The word sitar is spelled semek, tal, and resh in the Hebrew translation of it. The semek will tell us what the secret place is. If you look at the Semek, it is like a little round vessel with a flat roof or cover. The actual letter, the Hebrew letter, shows a picture and it shows it as a shelter. The rounded vessel would represent the heart of God and where you crawl into his heart and he places a cover over you and you are protected. So the first letter, the Semek, shows the heart of God. Okay. Now, when the writer speaks of those who dwell in the sitar of God or the secret place of God, he is referring to, in the poetic sense, to those who find shelter in the heart of God, who know his heart. Now what you find when you seek shelter in the heart of God is the next letter in sitar is tall. The tall represents the truth or knowledge of God. 
It also represents tikkum, which means to repair or restore. When we enter this shelter or secret place, we enter into a knowledge of God. So the secret place of God consists of the heart of God, the knowledge of God, and then that leads us to the very last letter, which is resh. And we'll get into that in just a second. The second letter, tall, it represents guidance as well. This knowledge of God will guide us through our difficulty. So not only does Satar restore us and guides us, it is also even the Hebrew words, the Hebrew words itself is secret things. If we look deeper and we search the word of God like this, things open up. And and, and if I sound like I'm all over the place, it's because God has constantly been revealing, revealing especially about the secret place and the secret refuge of God that is it just blows my mind so when you're hearing me all over the places because it's still to this day blowing my mind it's amazing the final question that we should answer is how do we enter into the secret place okay the last letter in the sitar is going to provide that answer and it's resh the resh represents the holy spirit The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth and knowledge of God and ultimately to our restoration. Think about this. The secret place of God refers to the heart of God, the knowledge of God, and to the Holy Spirit that helps us get to that place. Isn't that amazing, guys? Isn't that amazing that God, whenever he's talking about the secret place, he's talking about his heart, seeking his heart, seeking his face, and then with that knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives us, go and share it with others and show others his secret place. That is why we are here, guys. That is why we are here, to seek his heart, to seek his face, to get a relationship with him and to share it with others. It is something that is transforming my life. It really is. Each truth of God is a shadow of all his other truths. And to dwell in the shadow of God is to experience all of the jewels of the knowledge of God. And we may not comprehend all of the knowledge of God, but we will experience his shadow. In other words, even if we cannot intellectually comprehend all of the knowledge of God, we can experience it and allow it into our hearts so that even in its shadow, we will not end up giving a three-finger salute. When the time comes and we need that knowledge, it will be there. And the secret place of God is a place hidden from view of man, from principalities and from powers. It's a place where God dwells. It is a place of refuge and safety. It's our hiding place. It's where we can run and be safe. So why do we need to search for the secret place of God? Well, number one, it's because we can take refuge and be safe there. Whenever 10,000 fall at our right hand, Whenever a thousand may fall all around us and all of these things and all of these hurts and all of this calamity is going on around us, we can seek the heart of God and be in his resting place, in his hiding place, in the secret refuge. Number two is where we can learn about the secret things of God and where revelations can be presented to us. It's where God can speak to us and God can guide us. And God can reveal things that are in our hearts and in our minds that need to be dealt with and need to be healed. It's a place of healing. And number three, the reason why we need to search for the secret place of God is because that's where God is. 
And our end game, our end all be all is to be where God is, right? That's where God is. That's why we need to search for him with all of our heart to lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him. He will direct us. Now, remember, God said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Now, what makes us good, everybody? What, what, what makes us good? Is it us? Is it what we do? Absolutely not. It is not. It is because of what Jesus Christ did whenever he came to earth as a man, died on the cross and rose again. Whenever God looks at us, he sees his son and the sacrifice that his son made. And that's what makes us right with God. That's what makes us right. If we could have done it on our own accord, then Jesus would have never had to come. But he did. Let me let you guys know something really quick, okay? It is scientifically proven that you cannot see through blood. This is something that God revealed to me whenever I was a teenager. And it has stuck with me, even though I had all of these questions and all of that. But it is scientifically proven you cannot see through blood. That is why if you get a big cut on your forehead or anywhere and you go to the emergency room or to the hospital, they have to wipe the wound clean and irrigate it before they can see the damage. From a scientific standpoint, if you cannot see through blood, let's apply it to the spiritual. Because of Jesus Christ's blood that covers all of us, that covers our sin, that covers everything that was wrong with us, God sees the blood-covered you, the blood-covered me, and doesn't see past that, doesn't see your faults, doesn't see your sins, because he sees his son's blood, and he can't see past that. Isn't that amazing? That is something that we really just need to think about. God loves us. Jesus died so that we would have life and we would have it abundantly. He loves us. He loves you. And he loves me. That's amazing. And why can't the secret place be revealed to us without searching? I, I, you know, I, I ask that question. Well, why can't, we, why can't it just be revealed to us? Is God playing a game or something? But no. Again, like I said in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, when he said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It's thoughts of peace and not evil, and it's to give you a future and a hope. And you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you search for me with your whole heart, I will be found by you, says the Lord. Now, going back to what God spoke to me on June 5th, he said, This is why you are here, to seek me, to find me, and I will be found by you. And the reason why he wants us to seek him is because that's where a relationship starts. He has already finished his work. Now it's our turn. This is a training ground where we know our Savior. We come to a better understanding of, of our God, where we can go to that secret place and let him show himself to us in a mighty way, and he will do it. God's not playing a game of cat and mouse with us here. He's not. We're on this earth because we're being prepared. What's the point of heaven and being there if we don't even know God? Like God said, it's like living in a stranger's house. You don't know. There's no point of heaven and being there with, with a God that we don't know. Now, you could argue, well, he can reveal everything to us, but that would take it away. That would take something away from it. Think about that for a minute. If we didn't go through difficult times and hard times, 
and saw the work that God did in our lives that brought us out of that. If we didn't have that experience, we wouldn't have an appreciation of his love. We really wouldn't. Our purpose, ultimately, is to develop a relationship with our creator, to find him and to know him. And that's it. Uh, Guys, I'm sorry if this episode was all over the place, but lately God's been speaking to me and has been flooding my mind with different revelations that I didn't think of the same before. Things that I've heard of before that it just didn't click until God really dealt with me about it. I want to encourage you guys before I go on this first episode, I want to encourage you with something. If you're out there and you're questioning and you're wondering if God even exists, let me just tell you, he does. And I do not say that lightly because I know how you feel. I've been there. I have been there. I have felt the same way. I have questioned just like you have. I have thought about just denying him altogether. But he showed up. And I know that if he can show up for me, I know he can show up for you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got something that he wants to teach you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And all you have to do is confess what his son did. That he died on the cross for your sins and rose three days later. And believe it. Believe it with your heart. And you'll be saved. That's all you have to do. You don't have to clean yourself up. God loves messes. And you know how I know that's true? Because he loves all of us. And I'm a mess. I'm a mess even now. He loves messes. God loves messes. So don't. Try to clean yourself up because guess what? Your righteousness, all of your good works, everything that you think, well, I'm a great person, all of this, it means nothing in the end. It's not about that. Our whole existence is about our God and how holy He is. So don't try to clean yourself up because it's not about that. It's about recognizing what He's done for us and accepting it so we can have a relationship with Him And we can learn from him and we can benefit from what he wants us to have. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to be in health. He wants our soul to prosper. He wants his people to have all good things. You could say, Shane, I've been having a lot of bad things. That's not God's fault. We have got to align ourselves in a way that we can benefit from what God has to offer for us. He showed me something not long ago, and I want to touch on this before I go and just let you know what he showed me, okay? He said, I have given my people all of the tools. I have given them my armor, the armor of God, given them all the resources needed to defeat the enemy. But it's like my people are laying down and letting the enemy trample them instead of them trampling the enemy which is the authority I gave them in the first place. Is that God's fault whenever we're being defeated in different areas and different circumstances? No, we have been given the tools. He said, I set before you life and death. Now I'm going to give you the correct answer. Choose life. But how many of us choose death? Why? He's given us the right answer to the test. So if we choose anything other than that, that's not God. That's us. We're making that choice to go in a different direction. Let's stop doing that. Let's stop doing that. Let's choose life. Let's choose life, guys. 
He also told me one more thing, and I want to say this in closing. He said, a victorious bride does not have the blood of her own on her gown, but she has the blood of her enemy on her gown. Now think about that. I want you to dwell on that and pray about it. And if you're listening out there and you don't really believe in God, that's cool. I want you to be a part of this listening family as well. I really do. Because if God could have touched me, could have dealt with me in my mess, then he sure can do it with you. And there's a reason why you're listening. And I'm not trying to convince you of anything, not trying to convert you. We can have a conversation. And at the end of the day, if you come to a conclusion that you don't believe, then, hey, that's cool. God still loves you. I still love you. And I know exactly how you feel. And know exactly what you're going through. And to those that do believe, we're going to learn together. And, and like I said, I'm sorry this, this episode's all over the place. But God's been teaching me so much in a short time that sometimes it gets jumbled up. But I think at the end of the day, God will show you through this podcast and, you know, even through the mess, he will give you those little nuggets that I think that he really wants to speak to you about. He loves you guys so much. I can feel that even now. I can feel how much he loves us. We take for granted so much, guys, so much. Whenever you breathe, each breath you're taking in is a gift from God. Every step that you take is a gift. And then we equate it to, oh, well, this is science. So we're here because we've evolved, blah, blah, blah. And you don't even see the miracle of the breath that you take. That is from God. But I'm going to leave you guys with that. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Secret Refuge podcast. You guys are awesome. Frank and Christina, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. And guys, until the next episode... Remember that God loves you so much that he wants to reveal things to you. And if you search for him, you'll find him. But search for him with everything you've got, and he'll be found by you. Stay blessed, guys.